Welcome back to How You Slice It with a very, very special guest, close friend of uh, of our team and someone who's uh, instrumental and in playing such a critical role in the pizza industry today, Nicole Russell. My Thank you to be so here. much. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I can get into uh, sort of what you're about and Last Dragon Pizza, but I, I really want to hear it from you. Walk us through who is Nicole. What are you about? And tell us a little bit more about how Last Dragon Pizza came to be, including the name, which is amazing. Well, long story short, Last Dragon Pizza was a complete fluke. You know, I just was playing around in the kitchen and, um, you know, I was going through some difficult times and I just started baking because it felt good. Mm. And I just became obsessed with making pizza and perfecting my dough. And then I offered it to someone and then they bought it. This is the short version. And um, give me the long version. The long... Who is Nicole? OK, my name is Nicole. Yeah. And I come from <laughs> I'm from New York. You know, uh -huh. I was born here. Um, I live in the Rockaways. I've, you know, second home generation owner in the Rockaways. So I'm really a Rockaway true and blue person. And this is in Queens, New York. In yep. Queens, New York. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, I've traveled been all over but Rockaway is always home always home and I love it out there because it's just your little piece of um, you know it's a beach community and you know it's still a part of New York and get it to escape you know all the buildings and everything like that and get like a nice quiet life if you so choose mm -hmm. you know but then you can have a, a little excitement if you so choose too <laughs> you've got access to the excitement uh, obviously which is New York City exactly yeah. exactly so you know um, I never thought in a million years that I would be a peacemaker like Never yeah, thought. why why pizza? Why not uh why not uh baking cookies or like you you clearly have a, a passion for baking or why not some other product? It was just really simple. Like um I was a great bread maker mm -hmm. and I ordered pizza one night. I did not <laughs> like it. Okay. And I was like, you know, I can make bread. I probably can make pizza, you know? Yeah. And then I just became obsessed. How long ago was that? That was like 2013, wow. actually. Yeah. So almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. Time flies. Yeah. I, I feel like when we met, you were just kind of getting going. Yeah. And yeah. Time really does fly. Yeah. And uh, from there, you know, someone bought it from me. And I never thought about selling pizza until he wanted to buy it. And then from there, my friends all thought I was having a midlife crisis. And they were comparing me to the movie. Movie, the Last Dragon. I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie The Last tell Dragon. Me, tell me more about The Last Dragon. So The Dragon. Last Dragon, um, <laughs> it has a real deep meaning for me on two folds. One, um, my sister took me to see that movie when I was a little girl. It's like, mm. I remember the day that she took me to see that movie. Yeah. So it's like our favorite movie together. And then the second part was there's this black family in the movie and they were being ridiculed because they owned a pizzeria, you know, because they were a black family yep. owning a pizzeria. So my friend came and teased me and he said oh what do you think you think you're like daddy green's pizza from the last dragon and i was like you know what i love that movie <laughs> and i was like maybe i could just play on that movie and make like you know pizzas inspired by you know that movie like and come up with cool names and themes for my pizza and that's how last dragon pizza was born and you know what there's the there's a theme that keeps coming up on this on this platform having spoken to um, a handful of other pizzeria operators or founders you know, what's really inspiring for me is that Last Dragon, as a name, has a meaning to you. Oh, it's it's incredibly authentic, right? Mm -hmm. You you weren't really concerned about what others were going to say. No. You weren't really concerned about, you know, whether it's a, a common pizza name or not. No. You weren't trying to be someone else. No. It just meant something really important to you. Yes. And every time I hear someone taking that path, the byproduct, the output of that is an amazing 
story, an amazing brand, an amazing name because it's authentic. And uh, that's that's probably why I love it. Well, I have to tell you, I think you're hitting it right on the nail. And like to this day, to this very day, with everything that, you know, not that I've accomplished so much. Right. But, oh, you, have. you know, I'm doing, you know, a lot of stuff. I still don't care. Yeah. I still don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm still doing what is in my heart and what I want to do. Like, of course, I'm listening to people and getting advice and, you know, hearing people's opinions. But at the end of the day, it's what's what drives me. It's what's in my heart yeah. and what's in my soul and what I want to give to the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you certainly care about the feedback loop from right. your customers. Right. You don't care about what others are doing. No, right? I don't. You're, you're doing it your way. And, and that always ends up becoming the more successful path, yep. um, which I think is just a common theme that keeps coming up. And I want listeners of this podcast to really embrace that. Yeah. Embrace that. I think that's really important. And another theme in the movie, The Last Dragon, is um, Bruce Leroy, the, the main character. He's on a journey to reach the higher level. Mm -hmm. So it's like the, the movie just kept paralleling my life, Yeah, you know, because I wanted to be like a, a stellar top pizza maker. Like I was in the house just coming up with formulas of dough for like three, four years before I even came, quote unquote, outside, like just formulating and formulating and experimenting and experimenting until I perfected my dough. You know what I mean? Tell me more about your product, the pizza itself. Uh, is is there a specific style? I want people to know more about your pizza. Well, I would say Last Dragon Pizza is like a taste of New York. And I created my specific pizzas for the food desert of my neighborhood. Like I would, in my neighborhood, Rockaway, they didn't have a lot of variety of food. Like, I couldn't get Indian food. You know, um, I couldn't get, like, a real good vegan, you know, food or anything like that. So I came up with things to fill a void of what was in the neighborhood. So, you know, I did Philly cheesesteaks because I love Philly cheesesteaks. Couldn't really get a lot of that out there. I wanted to make a pizza like that. I did tandoori, you know, tikka pizza because I want I love Indian food and mm -hmm. I wanted to do that. I did a Korean barbecue, Asian barbecue pie because I wanted that. You know, so I came up with like seven or eight pies uh, to just make it like a taste of New York kind of sort of. Like, you have to have pepperoni so my whole theory was pepperoni should be free because at this point yep. it's just an integral part of pizza mm -hmm. so i will tell people you want pepperoni it's free it's not a topic oh, wow. anymore okay so that was my little amazing you know, yeah what's your favorite pie and like walk me through how you make it and what exactly is in it i would say my favorite pie is the the tikka the tikka masala pie mm -hmm. um it's, i call it a tandoori pie i love you know the yogurt and i used to you know i learned how to, you know a simple process right so i don't want anybody to think it's a rocket science but at the time it was so exciting learning how to make my own yogurt and i want to make my yogurt from scratch and then you know i went to the spice shop and picked out you know the tandoori spices and everything like that and really you know got my curry and my masala together and i really love that and I love the taste you know of the tikka with the lime it's like one of my favorite uh palette like and so you did you did you make the sauce out of that oh I made the sauce from scratch myself uh -huh. everything like I got recipes and I would tweak it you know a lot of ginger garlic you know the, I would make my own yogurt which I used to find so exciting watching it you know in the <laughs> oven you know when I first learned how to I'm do that hungry. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah then, you know making my dough from scratch and then you know you know got tomato you know it's just like everything was just like so authentically me 
in the pie. Absolutely. You know, so I just that was my favorite one. And then you I used brand, to call that, by the way, the seventh heaven. The seventh. That was. I was just gonna get to that. Mm -hmm. You start, and then you're branding these pies. Yeah. With like these super unique names that also have a meaning to you. Yeah, right. So it's names from the movie or the characters from the movie. So the glow, kind of like the glow was like if you found me, you got the glow because you know I was like this <laughs> underground movement before underground movements were even happening, mm -hmm. and it was like you know just getting a piece of from me, you already have the glow. Because in the movie, the ultimate goal was to have the glow. You know, he wanted to, he was on this journey to find, the, you know, this thing that's always inside of himself. And when he found it, he had the glow. So I gave that to my customers, essentially. So we had the glow. Then we had Daddy Greens. My father was um, a, a vegan. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was so excited to make a, a vegetable or a vegan pie called Daddy Greens because it's also Daddy Greens restaurant, but it's also my father. Mm -hmm. So it's like a part of my father in there. And then... Um, um, the Asian barbecue is like from the movie Sukiyaki Hot Sakisu, a good, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like this little fun part of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I just started naming everything the Shonuff because it was like the beef and, you know, like, you know, Shonuff was so mean in the movie. So it's like Shonuff was the Philly cheesesteak beef pie, mm -hmm. meat pie. Amazing. And so walk me through how you went from innovating on these products. You're going out to local shops to find the right recipe ingredients, the right spices, and you're making this amazing product. How do you go from that to having customers? Oh, so what happened was, so when I started to sell per se, it was around Super Bowl. Oh, okay. So I made this flyer, you know, with the last dragon and came up with all the pies just on a fluke again, because I was just brainstorming off the top of my head. And I started handing it out. So just a simple one-pager? yeah. And I would cut like it. your menu? Yeah, and I would print it in a printer and cut it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like I got fancy with it. Right. You know, and then when my the guy asked me to buy the pizza, I had no idea that Webster aren't delivered the next day. Mm -hmm. So I just ordered boxes and they came. So it was like the first pizza I saw, I had a box. And I had the flyer and I put it on a box and I was like, here. And you handed out these flyers in your neighborhood? In my neighborhood, hung up in supermarkets, joined Facebook groups, everything like I that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And Called then, all my friends. Yeah. And and so you're making them all from you know, yeah, your house. my house. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this first person, do you remember? Like, Of I, course. By the way, I remember the first customer for Slice. You do? Yeah. All the way back in 2010. I still praise his name. His name is Lewis. Mm -hmm. He was an, an electrician in my house and he recently just installed something in my house like maybe like two months ago and I was like Lewis look what you did look what you did Lewis and I love him so if Lewis ever hears this I love you Lewis that's so yeah I'll never forget amazing. him yeah. because of that you know what's so funny he kind of like set the tone yeah. for how everything started because he was such a nice, decent kind of man, mm -hmm. just a decent human being. And all my customers, I never, over all the years that I sold pizza from home, I never had an upset in every single person. I never had anyone that wasn't decent. I, I will tell you what it, what it did for me was, and, and from what I'm hearing, it's kind of a similar experience for you, which is there's so much anxiety going into selling your first pie mm -hmm. or in a lot of cases, opening up your shop and unlocking the door first day. Are people even going to show up? Is anyone going to buy the product? Are they going to like it? And once you have that first customer or first couple of customers, the confidence they give you yes, um, is just incredible. And it, it really is the foundation that allows you to then say, oh, this is actually going to work and it's going to work really well. And also couldn't agree more set the tone for what kind of customers you want and how to hopefully repeat that same experience. So so I love that. You know, I have to say that 
it just made me really believe in people, you know, like I know what I would do, but I wasn't sure what others would do, right? And I still have loyal, loyal customers to this day that are like family to me that still reach out to me and they're asking me for a pie. And I'm like, I'm going to get you one. Just, you know, let me just <laughs> navigate through all the stuff that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would make pizza for them for free. I love them. I mean... There were so many times in the beginning where I sat at home and no one would come see me, not a soul, not even my friends, not even my family, like no one. And I was ready and prepared and I was just sit there and I would say, oh, well, maybe it'll happen the next day and maybe it'll happen the next day. And then all of a sudden, like slowly but surely, like people started to spread the word. Pizza was bringing people together. Yes, as they should. As it should. And, and that's never been more of an issue as it is these days yes. during during and post pandemic yes. i think people really became a lot more divided because of the pandemic yeah. um how did your business change pre and post pandemic well i want to say my business changed you know i am actually the model that everyone pretty much took up because mm. i was a a delivery only business you had to call place an order and i would have to you have to meet me to get the pie you know what i mean and then a lot of people um, I remember didn't even have online service like websites or or wouldn't even join Slice. I remember no, <laughs> hold up. I gotta give you your props, Alia. I gotta give you your props. So I was this girl just doing pieces from home, and a lot of people wouldn't you know for can I curse on here? Of course. A lot of people wouldn't fuck with me. <laughs> a lot of people would not fuck with me. Like they would be like. But she's at home, but she does it from home. Like it was always this butt thing, right? Yeah. And your company was like, you know what? We believe in you. You have customers, let them order through us. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. And I love that spirit. Of course. Of, of Slice. Yeah. And I've always been like loyal to your brand because Thank of that. You. No, seriously, because no one can forget like the people that take a chance on you. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I would tell people all the time, like, you should try slides. You should try slides. They'll say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then the pandemic happened. Mm. And then they ha- they tried slice because, you know, if they went to Uber, they knew it was going to get 30 percent of their sales. Yeah. You know, so they knew that this slice was just for pizza. Yeah. Our, our entire focus is uh, partnering with pizza makers, whether they're making pizza at their house. Yeah. Or I think that at five is, restaurants. Listen, right? listen, yeah. that is the wave. Yeah. That is the wave. The independence, that is the wave. Yeah. Like a lot of people didn't see that and you were ahead of that. Yeah. And I didn't even see it for myself. It just became that because I didn't want to sell pizza, but I started getting customers. Yeah. And then I found this thing that I was in love with and then it became lucrative and then it became sustainable for me and I could live off of it. Connected you to people. Connected me to so many people yeah. that I'll never forget. Yeah. So like, I just love the, the spirit of Slice and we're so parallel, you know, we're so together like that. I, I love that. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. That uh, I, I'm sure our team will really appreciate this part of, of, oh, the, yeah. of the segment. You know, the credit is really all all on our team. No, I'm, team I'm just one person. still yeah. so instrumental because you can call them up and they will still help you. Always. Yeah. Always. yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, so you go from this super successful, very local, you know, pizza delivery business Walk me through what's going on now. Well, right now, it's like I'm not really selling anymore yep. at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I have a show. 
That's, um, yeah. T- tell me sh- more about P- So yeah, I have a Pizza show Wars. on First We Feast on YouTube, Complex, distributed by BuzzFeed Complex, First We Feast. That's the hierarchy. Yeah. Can we, uh, if you can, just walk everyone through in a simple way how they can access First We Feast? Oh, um, all you have to do is go on YouTube and just, it's a channel called First We Feast. Mm-hmm. Or you could type in Pizza Wars or First We Feast and you'll find everything there. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so what is Pizza Wars all about? So Pizza Wars is a, actually like parallel to my journey where I want to be the top pizza maker, period, right? In the world, eventually, right? Take you will some be. Time. Oh, thank you. If you're not already there, uh, people oh, just haven't you know, discovered it. I feel it. like I'm pretty good, but I got yeah. a long way to go. There's a lot of people that's been doing this 30, 40 years. You know, I always remember that. And, you know, you 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 have to just put skin in the game, and I'm mm-hmm. willing to do that. So, you know, I never take myself too seriously, but I do have goals. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, they uh, put me up against some um, people, like some food titans of the, of, of the Internet. Mm-hmm. Like whether they are like you know, big TikTok stars with 11 million followers for food or like, you know, half a million followers or a million followers or 10 million followers. They put me up against these food titans on the internet and we battle it out making pieces. But then we have these challenges that are like, you know, what's an example. Oh, you know what my favorite episode is? My favorite episode, not challenge, was with uh, Mike Hawk from Tony Baloney's. Tony Baloney's. Yes. Mike is a legend. He's a legend. He's great. He's a really good person, too. Yeah. You know, wonderful guy. But um, it was um, make a viral pizza. And I have to admit, when they gave me the challenge, I didn't understand the assignment. Mm -hmm. I was like, viral. What will be viral? Oh, I'll just make a pizza out of popcorn. Mm -hmm. And then Mike (laughs) Hawk came on there and he set the pizza on fire, pulled a bone out and did all this stuff. (laughs) And it was so funny because people don't know this. They shot the judges table round first and it was Mark Icono as a judge and Scott Wiener as a mm-hmm. judge so I already knew when I shot the um, cooking scene that I lost but I w- but I knew I lost when I saw him set it on fire I was like you know what alright <laughs> you're setting pieces on fire let me just be a gracious host <laughs> so that episode was one of my favorite favorite episodes because he just went crazy and nuts and I also enjoyed making a pint um, uh, popcorn pizza yeah. you know a pizza out of a popcorn cr- crust I made like a clam yeah, pie yeah walk me through that yeah so what we did was we like popped the popcorn fresh and then we combined it with cheese and everything mm-hmm. like that then baked it and then we just topped it with like fresh clam, lemon, um, oh, just a, a clam pie, but the crust was made out of popcorn and it was delicious. I need to try this. But again, Mike <laughs> went ham on it. So he won. That was a great episode. Yeah. And then my second favorite episode was Pizza in a Cup, um, where we had to, um, you know, take a pizza in a movie. Mm-hmm. And I loved the jerk growing up. Mm-hmm. And I loved Steve Martin and he put the pizza in the cup and ate it. And at <laughs> first the producers was like, I don't know about it. And I was like, let me try. It. Let me try it. And it came out phenomenal. And it actually won when it was pizza in a cup. So that was fun. And so we we play around. So we do traditional pizza, but yep. we also do things that's, you know, non-traditional as well. And we compete in a soft competition because after all, it's just pizza, yep. you know? But it's supposed yeah. to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. Exactly. Like you don't want to get crazy over pizza, right? Yeah. That's my favorite part about being in this industry is just uh, there's nothing negative about pizza. It's just fun. Right. It's not serious. It's you know, celebratory. There's just so many um, positive vibes that come from it. What are some other things or doors that this this industry has opened up for you in terms of some big accomplishments uh, that you've kind of, um, you know, experienced, whether it was personal or industry-wide? Because I know, like, you're just so present across the community and 
just walk the audience through some of the other great experiences you've had well, through pizza over the last few years. I would say the people mm. is paramount. And you want to know something? I know that pizza is a, this industry is great, but it's getting very competitive now. And I just really hope that it stays great. Yeah. But the people are just, you know, I have to say, I would not be anywhere without the people. The people have, the pizza industry people have helped me tremendously. I stand on the shoulders of a lot of people that open their doors to me and show me the way. Like, you know, um, my friend Sirhan, you know, um, Nino Coniglio, like, you know, I spent four months with him running around the city. You know, it was some great times. You know, Orlando Foods, you know, went to Naples with them. The Naples? Yeah. yeah. Got to see the Trofeo Cup out there. What is what is that walk? That's yeah. the, um, the Neapolitan, like... Uh, championship Cup. Championship Cup, mm-hmm. correct. But they, it was the first time they had an American division, so wow. they allowed American pizzas and pies to be a part of it. And I was so... Uh, blessed and fortunate to be on that trip and able to do that. You know, Mark Icono, he gave me a shot, you know, let me take over his restaurant, you know. And for the audience, Mark owns uh, Lucali's. Yeah, he's very, he's still someone I can call right now. We have Mikey, my friend Mikey out in um, Long Island. He owns Mikey Underground Pizza, which is doing so phenomenal right now. Amazing. And he's been so helpful to me. You know, it's just so many people I can sit here and name, you know, that's been so instrumental in helping me be at this point. You know what I mean? And I'm always so grateful for that. One of my longstanding beliefs has been that, you know, what I love about the community, it is a community, is that it's a a number, it's like thousands and thousands of independents. You're an independent, authentic, independent. Yeah. You've got your brand. You have your product that is all you mm-hmm. and it's special. Mm-hmm. And then there's the next person, the next person. And it's so there's a collection of these independents that have formed a community mm-hmm. and it absolutely is a community. Yeah. Walk me through a little bit more of what that means for you. And uh, for me, the question is, how can we unlock the true potential of that community? I think it's important to listen to people's, everyone's true desire. Like I've never, ever, ever got into this to have a restaurant. Never, never wanted a restaurant, never envisioned myself with a restaurant. It's the natural progression for me now, but it wasn't something that I wanted or even knew or fathom how I can even do it. But it's pushing me the industry and my career and my life is pushing me in that direction yep. because I do miss serving the people and it's time, you know, so that's coming down the pike. And then also just listening to what people's needs are. Like I, I listen to a lot of restaurant owners and they feel trapped in their restaurants. Like, you know, Oh, you know, I wish I could do it just like this. I talked to someone the other day. They said, I just gave up my restaurant. Now I just have a truck. Interesting. You know? So people are giving up their brick and mortars. Now that's to tell you how the pendulum has shifted. Yep. People are literally walking away from brick and mortars you know because they they're missing their freedom or or they want to do the piece of thing but they don't want to feel boxed in boxed in you know and then and then new york you know like the times covid and at anyone's discretion anything can change it's like what are we doing today can we do this can we do that all the rules and regulations you know it's like so super stressful to a lot of business owners. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. And and the independence. And someone that was looking, someone that was avidly looking, it became too much. You yeah. know, like the community boards out here. Oh, you can't serve liquor. Oh, you can't do that. You know, New York is changing. You know, the rules are changing. And, you know, a lot of people have nostalgia for old New York and they want to do old New York things in the new New York. Mm. And we have to come to grips that New York is changing. Yeah. New York has changed. Yeah. 
and it is changing. And sometimes New York is its own worst enemy. Sometimes yeah. with their rules and their regulations, it's too much. Uh, and I would say it's pretty consistent in every uh, sort of geography. Every every yeah. city has its own yeah. rules and regulations, and sometimes they're really outdated, yeah. and sometimes they're yeah they're constraining. And in essence, they're increasing the barriers to entry for yes. for entrepreneurs and, yes. and makers. One of the challenges and why some people may be even giving up their brick and mortar and they feel stuck in a, in a in a restaurant is because it is their responsibility to, in essence, perform every job possible. Exactly. What do you think needs to change in order for an independent operator to be able to have the ability to own a restaurant, to own a business, but at the same time, give themselves the opportunity to be a little bit or less stuck inside? I just think that employees need to feel vested. Mm. They need to feel like they're really a part, you know, of the business. They need to feel like they're a part of something. If they don't feel that, there's no incentive for anyone to stay these days. You know what I mean? Like, either you're giving them a piece of the business or they have the feeling that they're really a part of your family and you look out for them. Everyone I know that has, like, people that's been with them 10, 15, 30 years, they feel like the business is theirs. They're part of the family. They're part of the family, you yeah. know, whether they really are or, or aren't. You know, everyone wants to feel vested in some kind of way. And I think long are the days where you just have the worker. And, you know, I'm just telling, have these expectations without considering the workers' lives and their needs and what they need and what they need to feel happy and survive with their families. I think that that's all that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Before there was like a separation of that, like your worker comes in, they go home, you don't know nothing about them. Now it's like, you know, I need help with a mortgage. I need help with this. I need help with that. And I think that that's where we're heading towards. Couldn't agree more. And uh, and for you now, personally, uh, we're at a, not a crossroads, but at an inflection point mm-hmm. uh, for Last Dragon Pizza. What, where are we today with Last Dragon Pizza? What can we expect in the near future? And I'd love to talk more a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced in that journey. Well, what we can expect is, first and foremost, I'm so happy to announce that I am in like 98% at the finish line of signing my for my first restaurant. We're going to do a big cheers, a big applause, yeah. I'm so happy about <laughs> that. So that's first and foremost. I'm going to open a brick and mortar, but I was really fortunate. I had this uh, great person, Garland. He uh, was out there scouting for me, and he found me a short-term lease. Mm. So a lot of times when you go out and look for a lease, you would look for a lease that's like, oh, eight, 10, 10 years. 15 years, yeah. No, I didn't want to. I wanted something where I could give it a shot enough time to recoup my money or make money, but then leave if I wanted to leave and not feel like stuck. So that's the kind of uh, agreement that I've got. And I'm so excited about that. And the location is going to be in In Miami. In Miami. Miami. (laughs) I'm super happy about that. And um, another thing is um, I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more frozens and straight to market, you know, like straight to uh, frozens and probably in supermarkets. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and just products, more products, sauces, you know, um, frozen pies, whatever. Yeah. So, you, so you're going to start bottling up? Oh, start it, bottling yeah. up everything. You know, I've always I've always had this dream of making like my own TV dinner. Amazing. You know, so I'm going to make <laughs> that like, you know, wings and piece of TV dinner. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Yeah. Actually. yeah. And how do you, how does one go about even exploring a frozen pizza line? Is that walk us through how some of those opportunities? Well, you know, when I was, up. you know, I've been doing frozen pizza since 2016, honestly, and I was shipping um, nationwide from my house. Wow. Yeah. So I lived in a in an area where people came down seasonally, and they would go back 
to wherever they came from because mm-hmm. I live in a beach community. Right. And they would write me letters from all over the country. So I started like really trying to develop this frozen pizza um, shipping process. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple of months. Like I did it the long way. I don't suggest anybody <laughs> go to Gold Belly. Like don't do what I did. Like, yeah. Yeah. What I did was I studied every single postal code in the country from my postal code to see how long it will take to get wow. there nationwide. I actually did that. I was crazy. So in my no, spare time. But you learned a lot. Yeah. yeah I learned I love a whole that. lot yeah. about logistics, yeah. everything about this, about, you know, three day, two days, about how to package dry ice, the limitations with the United States Post Office, FedEx, you know, each company has their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like FedEx has more money, but you can put unlimited ice. The United States Post Office has five pound limit, uh. you know, figuring out price points because I didn't want to charge people a hundred dollars for two pies of pizza, but I did figure it out. And I was shipping from, I would say up until 2020 before That's the amazing. pandemic. Yeah. That's amazing. Pieces nationwide. I love that. And then uh, um, in 2020 Christmas, like, uh, in 2020, yeah. That was the last time I shipped because then the, the post office got bananas. And I remember I had about 27 orders going out. Like, just orders different all over the country. Yeah. And all 27 didn't make it. <laughs> oh and I had to eat that. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This pandemic, we're not ready. So I just stopped. Yeah, yeah. And then walk me through your journey to open up a shop. I, I think okay. uh, there's so many aspiring operators who face very similar challenges. Mm-hmm. So I... I think it's so important for them to hear from you because I think that some of those challenges are so common. I don't want people to feel like they're alone. Well, you know, you have to have a really good accountant, really, you know, get a mentor or a friend, someone that really knows, because that's what I had to do, because I was looking at a restaurant prior and they were trying to tell me that they were a million dollar business, Mm. you know, and they wanted me to take over the business, you know. And then when I got to the restaurant, you know, I know what a pizzeria looks like. You know, I know what a busy pizzeria looks like. I know what a million dollar pizzeria should be. I have friends, loads of friends at pizzerias. So, I, you know, when I walk in, I can tell. Yeah. And I was looking and I was like, mm, there's no delivery drivers. You telling me that you're getting like all this money from Slice and um, uh, DoorDash, Uber, DoorDash Eats, yeah. Uber Eats. And I'm like, well, where are the drivers? Where are the delivery people? And I came there in a the day and I sat there, had Slice, came there at night, didn't see anything. You know, they showed me their numbers. They were refusing to give me actual bank statements, just copies, you know, sent to my accountant. He's like, well, where's the checks? You know, where's the page with the checks? I'm like, right. I didn't see that. You know, it's like, you really got to be like, vigilant yes you know you know you got to look at there there are no shortcuts you got to do the hard work yeah yep you know the grease trap inspections yeah you know looking at their uh inventory see you know you could tell what they're making money based on their inventory receipts Mm. let me see them you know my friend mikey taught me that and then like yeah just oh my gosh it was it's not for the faint of heart because your heart gets into it and you really want it and then you got to let it go yeah that happened to me a couple of times i actually got depressed I'm not going to lie to you because, you know, you start envisioning yourself in a, in a, in a way like, all right, I'm finally going to be able to do this. And then, and then there's another hurdle, another hurdle yeah. and, or another lie. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's a lie and sometimes it's just a hurdle. Yeah. But it, it, sometimes it's both. Yeah. You know, where you ask questions, you just won't get answers. But then they, you know, trying to push something on you or, you know, you could you have a great landlord wonderful landlord person but then the community board sucks mm. you know they don't want you to sell liquor until this time they don't right. want you to get a liquor license at all so they have to, you have to refine your vision because right. the community board doesn't and then, yeah. you know how much pizza am i really gonna make for this 18 grand a month rent you know what right. i mean so like if i don't have liquor what am i doing with an 18 grand a month rent 
Right. So it's like you have to adjust for that. So it's it, it's not for the faint of heart. And then, you know, a lot of landlords got their PPP and they didn't care. Mm. They got their loans. They didn't care. They weren't really willing to adjust to, you know, the, the market was overinflated. Yep. They weren't willing to adjust. You know, and they were like, we're just going to hold it out. And that's what a lot of people, especially in New York, did. Yeah. They just held it out. And then I would put myself in their position. And I'm like, well, maybe if I had a place, I would hold it out. So I wouldn't take it personal. But at the same time, it wasn't the right time or place for me. Yeah. And look, I mean, these barriers, like these things break the spirits of yes. entrepreneurs. Yes. And it's counter to what we want in this country, right? Yes. We want more operators, more entrepreneurs, more authentic brands and authentic products. But yes. these like hurdles are so massive sometimes that it breaks your spirit. It breaks your spirit. And then you're just like, to your point, you, you know, depressed or yeah. you give up. And I think Especially this is- since I never wanted it. Right. So then I start leaning towards it. Yeah. And then it's like, maybe this is just really not me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but think about that as the, as the challenge. Cause I think this is the number one problem that I see. And what we really want to solve is Think about how many hurdles there are for an authentic, local, independent entrepreneur to turn their vision and their product into a business. Mm -hmm. But think about whether a Domino's would have to go through the same challenges. Right. Do they? I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. Right. Yeah, and so it's don't. easier to open up a Domino's than oh, it is yeah. to open up Last Dragon Pizza. Tell me about it. Right. Tell me about it. And so what happens is, you know, like if we fast forward 10 years from now, there's going to be a bunch of Domino's and no Last Dragon Pizzas. Exactly. And that's a very, uh, in my opinion, a very sad world. I agree. I mean, Domino's does what Domino's, you know, they do what yeah. they do. However, we need to hear, we need to um, get more expression. Like there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of pizza that's all the same that, you know, uh, uh, homogenous. Who, yeah. Homogenous. Yeah. yeah. They feel like this is what pizza is and that's it. And that's not the truth. No. Pizza is changing and pizza belongs to the world. I hate to break it to everybody. I agree. It belongs to the entire world. Yeah. It's the, one of the number one food product, if not the number one food product in the world. I agree. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've done my research. I've done business plans. And we need to see what other people have visions and their expression of what pizza means to them. Mm. We can't just keep having the same old, same old all the time. Yeah. But at the same time. You can respect the craft and what, what got us here. And I will never disrespect that. I study hard to keep that craft. Yep. But at the same time, I have my own vision. Absolutely. And I have my own, you know, taste buds. Yeah. And I want to do what I want to do. And we just, again, the, 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 the most important part of this is, okay, how do we figure out ways to allow you and not allow, but like enable, empower you to be able to turn that into a, an actual business so that customers can interact with your food and yeah. interact with your product. And so in essence, that's the only way that I think communities will remain more authentic and more diverse and more colorful from a, from a food palette standpoint. There's nothing greater than logging onto an app like Slice and you see your local pizzeria that's been here for ages. And you're like, oh, I can order from them. But then you scroll down and say, what's this? Right. And then you look at the menu, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's different. I never saw that before. Amazing. Wow. Let me try that tonight. Yeah. yeah. That's America. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's what, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. So you spoke a little bit about your vision. Mm -hmm. uh, give me your 12 to 24 month vision for this location. When you're imagining like, what are you doing in this shop in 12 months? I want to have fun. Mm. I want to create a fun, happy, lively 
experience. I want my brand to represent ambition because I did start from a countertop in my kitchen. Mm. And if you follow my journey from the countertop in my kitchen to a restaurant, that's a big that's a big leap. Yeah. You know, and it's also a big leap of faith for me to do. I yeah. you know, like I don't give myself credit, but it's not missed upon me that I do take a lot of chances and I think other people should take more risks and chances. It's not always easy, but sometimes if you just follow what's in your soul, you reap the benefits. Do you have a vision for what it'll be like for a customer to walk inside? Are there, what are Last the colors? What yeah, are they, yeah. Like I definitely, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'm really working hard on this experience, mm. but it's going to be something that says vibrancy, happiness, and joy. And you're going to, it's going to be reflected in the food as well. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's fast forward five or 10 years. Yes. Vision. Oh, I want to be all over the world. Okay. You know, and I and I want to throw pizza raves. Pizza raves? Yeah, I, I just want to throw raves around the world. How about how about we we, we set a goal of like throwing the world's largest Let's rave? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. That is my ultimate, ultimate goal. Yeah. The largest pizza rave in the world. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Let's do it, Elena. And so what's this about? Tell me, tell me what's I want what's people the, to yeah. just dance, enjoy life, feel the beat, feel the groove, and just eat pizza and be happy. <laughs> And be happy. And be happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think one, you know, what I love about talking to you is um, just the connection between your passion for pizza, the community around it, and how it's helped you um, personally and your yes. own personal feelings and your, you know, well-being from a from a mental uh, mental state. Definitely, definitely. Like you know, people say this all the time: pizza save your life. But it did. You know, there's a, there was a period of my life where I wasn't sure what was next for me, you know. But what was so crazy was I always knew, and people ridiculed me when, when I first started. And I wasn't even thinking about selling. Who can possibly uh, ridicule you? Who never is? Know. I want to know. <laughs> no, people too. They're like, what's going on? Yeah. And, you know, like even my own family, some people would say, yeah, my sister does pizza, but, you know, it's in her house. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? I, I, I view that as a positive. I do. Yeah, but some people can't break out of the box of just understanding that I do pizza in my house. So what? Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. People love it. People love the product, you yeah. know, and, and I'm, and I'm curious about this thing and I'm fascinated about this thing. And, you know, and I think that I want that to last forever. That I part. love that. I love that. Forever. What are, uh, as the last question, one or two pieces of advice you would give a either aspiring entrepreneur in the space or an existing operator that you believe will make them a better version of what they are? I mean, for an existing operator, I want to start with that because a lot of my friends are existing mm-hmm. operators and they sacrifice a lot. Like, I don't take it lightly. They fa- they sacrifice their families, family time. They sacrifice, you know, their own dreams, their own goals, their own things. Some of them are, you know, locked in family businesses that they didn't even want to be in a piece of They industry. inherited it, yeah. They inherited it, you know what I mean? And I just want to tell them that try to find your space and carve out something for yourself and live your life. Life because we, you know, we only die once. Mm. You know, not everything you live once. You can live forever. Like we're gonna die. Right. That's a guarantee. Guaranteed. Right. So you might as well just try your best to carve out something for yourself. You know, like something I'm very curious about is flying planes. Mm. You know, I want to take pilot lessons. Yeah. You know, you gotta carve out these things, have adventure. Yeah. Live your life we, above and beyond just ab- running the pizza shop. Yeah, yeah. Like do something special. You know, get a fast car, splurge. 
You know, like for me, like um, sometimes how I let off my steam is I drive really fast. You know, like I tell me, I, tell I me when that happens so I can stay home. Right? Like, no, no, no. I open up the road sometimes just I'm to. Joking. No, seriously. Like sometimes I just, I just open up the road just yeah. to like let it off. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And we gotta have an outlet. We gotta have a thing. We have to. I tell people have that dangling carrot. Yep. And 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 always have that dangling carrot. What's next? What is next? Mm. On that topic, what is one piece of advice you would give them that is business related? Business related. Um, I would or say. Or pizza related. A business piece of related, I would say, see what the trends are. And if something that's adaptable, that feels good to you, don't be afraid to adapt to it. You know, like definitely source your customers, see what they want. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with, you know, you having what you're going to offer and you're set with that. But see what the next, what's, what's, somebody might be thinking of something that you never thought of before. And it could be the difference in your business. You so know? don't be afraid to try something. Maybe you've always wanted to yeah. try, but afraid whether people will like it or not. Yeah. Break out of the mold. I always tell people the time in my house was my proof of concept. You know, people have eaten shitty pizza from me for years until I got I great. I don't know about that. Well, no, until I got great. You know, you look <laughs> back and you say, wow, I can't believe I was making pizza like that back then. Yeah. You know, but they were loving it and yeah. ordering it. Yeah. You know, the customers love you. They love what you're offering. You know mm. what I mean? And listen to them yeah. and, and appreciate them for that. Awesome. And then for the for aspiring operators, yes. so someone who says, you know what, I think I can make really great pizza or I'm working at another pizza shop and I'm saving money and I really want to turn my knowledge and my ability into my own shop because I want to have you know my own place and provide for my family. What, what, are, what are some pieces of advice for someone like that? Find a perfect fit that works for you. You know what's going on in your family. You know what you want. You know the kind of freedom you want. And we're at a time and place where you can just really be an architect of your own life, of how you want to serve pizza. Mm. So, you know, come up with a plan. I always tell people to have a plan. Like, you know, have a plan. Figure out how much that plan costs. Save up your money and take a risk. You know what I mean? Just step out on faith. It's so important to step out on faith because you'll never know because you never tried. Yeah. You'll never know. And I give myself that pep talk myself. I'm not perfect. There's times I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But sometimes I'm like, step out on faith. You never know. And you know what's so funny? Have more faith in people. Because people, it's not money. People is what make the world go round. Yep. People. Ask for help. Ask for help. Uh, every time I've asked for help, I don't know if I can remember someone saying no. Right. It's so fascinating. Yeah. But very few people actually ask for help ask for help yeah. and you'll be surprised how many people are willing to help you yeah especially in the pizza community mm -hmm. yeah absolutely awesome thank you so much nicole this thank has been you. so much fun oh yeah i had a ball uh i want to i want to invite you back anytime. once you open oh and anytime. maybe maybe we'll do this in miami yeah I'll why come not? To your shop. Come to, oh that would be so great okay awesome yeah thank Deal. you Leah. thank you so much all right, all right.